So I hope everyone's had a happy new year and welcome back to episode five. Today's topic, Gabs, is... Running. Thank you. Well, that was a long break. I was thinking, is it like, good for you? <laughs> have you, like, have you forgotten? Sorry, I literally went for a little bit of a mind plan right there. Okay, yeah. So today we're discussing running. Is it good for you? Because it's a question, or not necessarily a question, a statement I hear a lot from patients who, when I say they've got an injury, maybe from running or repetitively running, they go, ah, oh, so running isn't good for you. Or some people joke about, like, exercise and commonly say, isn't running bad for your knees and things like that. And is that true? So, there are pros and cons to both sides, in my opinion. 100%. I think um, with everything that you do, there are always going to be pros and cons. There is no such thing as black or white. There is always going to be a gray area. And in my opinion, running has great benefits. Lots Number of one, them. being cardiovascular training. So Yeah, by, ru by running, you can reduce the risk of suffering from many health conditions, cardiovascular ones being... A perfect example but yeah, also things like disease. type 2 diabetes yeah as well very easy examples right there yeah however then we can also add it on to things to do with the musculoskeletal system so bone muscles uh by running what you're doing is you're creating impact with the floor that impact on the floor as we've discussed in our previous episodes mm -hmm. actually does osteoblastic uh components into the bones which so therefore laying bone material down making them stronger Exactly. As discussed in Mythbusters. Yeah. Episode two. Yeah, exactly. So it, it, it just keeps on building towards that benefit there. However, there is a limit. Number yeah. one, if you run too much, then what you're going to get is the generative uh, developments that are going to occur. Yeah. But that only really occurs up to a certain limit. So a very good example is 10K is lovely. Yeah. 21, you're pushing it. 42k you are just looking for your knees to just collapse but it's also how vigorous you're doing the running as well how much you're yeah, pushing yourself true. as that's well uh, and what kind of ground you're running on your footwear footwear is incredibly important when it comes to running as well a statistic is is that you should change your running shoes every 100 miles wow as well that's it yeah wow and when you say it, it doesn't sound like a lot but 100 miles is quite quite a bit but if yeah. you're a fair runner yeah you know you've got to make sure your shoes because basically what happens is the rubber starts to lose its um kind of it well it's it's absorption elasticity and, yeah. Yeah. yeah and so yeah, therefore yeah. it doesn't absorb the forces as well mm. uh, so normally if you look at the shoe at the base of the shoe and you start to see wrinkle marks in it it's a good sign that maybe it's time to start changing up your shoes for running you can continue to wear them for normal day-to-day -day life but running not necessarily. I was just about to say because yesterday we walked 23,000 steps and that's Mental. approximately 21 kilometers. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. we're looking at just that, you know, being nine miles, 10 miles. That's it. So, so walking's fine. Walking's fine yeah. because it's not as heavy impact. That's the big deal with it. Because yeah. if your shoes aren't absorbing the impact, more force is going Good up to into your knee, that. which therefore is going to potentially cause, cause problems. But with running, it's more necessarily about you know are you doing an effective warm-up yeah to prevent injuries so you know you're doing dynamic exercises not your static stretching mm -hmm. you're preparing the muscle is the key thing for it so doing things like little knee ups or opening the gate closing the gate kind of exercise to warm the muscles up um is your footwear correct to reduce the chance of injury? Are you giving yourself days off to rest and recover, allow the mm -hmm. muscle to heal? Because mm -hmm. a lot of people are like, oh, I do 5Ks every day. And then they're surprised that they get things like shin splints, plantar fasciitis, yeah. Yeah. and all these other type of injuries later on. 
Well, actually, if you manage yourself better, you're less likely to cause injury. So I've got a little bit of a question for you, Thank George, you. because yeah. you do... Well, you've done a triathlon pretty recently. A couple, yeah. So if we are going to look at your triathlon, what was the training like in preparation for that? Because realistically speaking, so when I did my half marathon... Yes. What I did was I tried to make sure I was increasing incrementally uh, two kilometers every single week. Okay, yeah. Just trying to make so sure that gradual I was ready build. for it. Yeah. And then... How many times were you running a week? Uh, it was four times Okay, week. so... Yeah, so a fair rest day in between as well. Yeah, and then uh, four days before the run, I stopped completely. Yeah. Just to give myself a little bit of a rest. Yeah. And I probably did a very light jog of two, three kilometers uh, the day before just okay. to keep myself moving. Yeah. And then did the half marathon. Okay, yeah, that's, that's a good way of doing it. Gradual build up, preparing yourself for it. The so basically, the triathlon, I signed up for that in December 2021 because I needed something to distract me mental-wise. Like I needed something to keep my mind occupied when I wasn't at work. Um, and I wanted to be healthier as well. So I signed up for my mate and had no intention of actually training or doing it. And like I was thinking, ah. Oh. But then when I signed up for it, I was like, I've got to do this now. Um, so I was very lucky with, a, with having a training partner who's done triathlons before, Dan Collis, another very good osteopath who works in London, um, and is also the vice president of the Institute of Osteopathy. Mental. I think that's a pretty big thing to say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was lucky to have him as a training partner, and I got some tips off of him. But at the same time, I like going to the gym and training muscle, so I was having to balance it out with those. So like doing maybe a 45-minute cycle and then a gym workout on the weights or then a sw fitting in two swims a week, fitting in two runs a week. So the good thing with training for a triathlon is that my training was quite well spread out because I had to hit three different disciplines. So I'd do two runs a week plus a cycle plus a swim or two a week. Mm. So it was kind of breaking those up and going a little bit lighter on my gym workouts as well. And making sure I was eating enough calories was important. Okay, for muscles to heal and recover yeah. because I'm burning a lot of energy. Yeah, Keeping yeah, yeah. hydrated was important. Um, but I did suffer quite a few injuries mm. because I was overload training. I was training six times a week. It wasn't, and it wasn't like running every day, yeah. but I was still training six times a week. Yeah. And I went into my actual triathlon in France with two groin strains that was maybe slightly pushed a bit too early back to mm. and I ended up cramping up on the last 10k I ended up cramping up and sh straining both my ro uh, both my hip flexors and uh, also uh, pulling my hamstring mm. quite badly and so I, I hobbled across the line but it's just because sadly I'm injury prone yeah but also when you train for something like that in such a short sp space of time you've got to be lucky not to get injuries, no matter how good your preparation is and how well you prepare a muscle. Injuries are going to occur sometimes. Yeah. It's how you kind of work through them. It's, That's true. That's it's true. just a bit unlucky sometimes. But in a lot of cases, if you just do running, injuries are quite easily avoidable. Yeah. And yeah. that's what the most important thing is with this. Mm. And that running... The myth of running is bad for my knees isn't actually... It's a myth. That's a myth in itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's a lot of positive... Actually... By doing running, the chance of developing things like osteoarthritis in your knees in the future is actually reduced because you've got better muscle tone in the area. And I think that's a very good point because if your knees are stronger, then you're more conditioned, you're able to run faster, you're able to run for longer periods of time, and it's able to take it up to a certain point because obviously as soon as your knees 
at least the muscles around it start getting tired, yeah. then the amount of pressure and stress going on to the chondral joints and things like that starts to increase and elevate, which it's not what we want. No. But at the same time, when it... So, yeah, so it's good. So it is good for the joints, basically, is what we're saying. Yes. Is that, you know, running... But obviously, like anything, like working at a desk for long hours, like being on a computer for a long period of time, that repetitive strain is what's going to cause injuries. And as we said, I think in our last episode as well, where we talk about fatigue of the shoulder blades, mm. of the, the rhomboids around that, that area, they're not, they're not becoming painful because of necessary damage. They're becoming painful because they're weak. They're not being used. How They're, they're deconditioned. And because they're weaker and losing... Our, uh, in a tug of war to another muscle that's slightly tighter such as your pectorals they're becoming fatigued and that's what's causing pain because you're having that release of lactic acid in the area and the exact same thing is going to happen with running if you don't take regular breaks and it's going to cause that repetitive strain mm. Therefore, and but also if we're looking at it from a physiological point of view when you're running and you're training these muscles you're increasing tone you're doing that in your lower extremity Yes, you're working your abdomen a little bit and you're working the muscles maybe around the ribs to encourage your aerobic breathing. Because obviously when you run, you need more oxygen to get into your lungs so we require more muscle activation to help open your ribs up. But it's still focusing more on your quadriceps, your hamstrings, your calves, your tibialis anterior, all the muscles around your legs. But that's going to then create imbalances. Yeah. So if agreed. you're doing running and you're like, oh, I'm a keen runner... It's so important that you actually do some form of exercise every week to train your upper body. Yeah, and I, I think a way to kind of mitigate that, if mm. you are someone that actually loves running, yep. a very good way to kind of go, okay, you know what? I want to train a little bit of my upper body into it. Yep. Look at people like Johan Blake. They've yeah. got huge, huge shoulders. Massive. Development of their pecs because they sprint. Yep. So a very good way to kind of give a variation to what you're training and what you're conditioning is actually have a bit of variation as to what your training is like. So you did a triathlon and the way you were kind of saying that um, you did your running, you did your swimming, yep. you did your weightlifting, that is variation. So what you're going to have is that nice trifecta yep. of number one, strengthening yep. number two cardiovascular health so cardio being uh you know your heart your blood yeah, yeah 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 and then with that you're also giving stability to your knees your ankles strengthening those but up. away from that as well i'm having sh i was having sessions away stretching mm -hmm. as well of course mm -hmm. to help the recovery help to realign muscle fibers when they become damaged so the healing process is better and also to help remove lactic acid yeah and also osteopathic treatment i was getting at the same time just to, just to put that out there was that, that by was, dan that was by dan colleagues at work okay uh, my bosses all that kind of stuff yeah but i was just making sure i had regular checkups just to make sure everything was moving as freely as it could be and i wasn't suffering with the restrictions so maintenance on that as well like going in for my mot yeah, and yeah. in my opinion, whenever anyone asks me or sort of says, hey, I'm about to do a marathon, yeah. uh, I ask, number one, how long is it until you've got the marathon? Usually they say two months, three yeah, months. Yeah, yeah. That's beautiful. And I say, well, actually, if you're going to have it in two, three months time, yeah. my recommendation is come to see me once every week, to once every two weeks. Yes. Because if you want to make sure that one your muscles are pretty loose in order for you to do that training and yep. continue on overtraining because you are going to overtrain. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, it's going to happen. Yeah. You can't run away from it. 
<laughs> good. I like that. That's yeah. a good pun. And on top of that, yeah. if you are having any sort of little niggles, we can look after those yes. and make yeah, sure yeah, that yeah. they don't develop into anything worse. Because That's it. those niggles might actually end up being pop. I ran, felt a pop in my knee. I yeah. can't run for a week. Or, yeah, or it leads to that niggle may sit in there. You may, it may pass away after a couple of days, but your body then compensates for it. And that's going to just cause a chain reaction of, of restrictions that could possibly lead to one big event. Basically. But also not being able to train as effectively as of you want. Well, not going away a bit from the running aspect, yeah. you've worked with boxers. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. You know, they see how important it is to maintain their fitness because they train so hard. Mostly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So even with them, um, so I worked with Kenny, as I've kind of said in yeah. previous episodes, and my biggest kind of recommendation to him was look train um osteopathy treatment it's not a matter of come and see me for uh just when you get injured yeah it's actually you have to come and see me on a weekly basis yeah yeah yeah. so even leon's recommendation to deji was to come and see me one uh two times a week yeah Number one for massage treatment yep. to try and make sure that he is loose enough and able to use that posterior oblique chain. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the chains essentially punches. from yeah. uh, the shoulder down to the opposite side of the lower back, yeah. so that you've got that elastic recoil to give you that potential punch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the best way to kind of make sure your performance stays on track. And that's another important thing that you noted there. You said Leon, who's a strength and conditioning coach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that you know, if you have, if people have those who are training for marathons, things like that, and you've got like a PT, let us know about it. And mm. We can work with them as well to create yeah. a, a training program for yeah. you and also look at it and maybe look at your program and go, cool, actually, maybe you should rest off that, that day because mm. it's going to have an effect on these areas. Yeah. So yeah. That's, that's, that's the real importance I think osteopathy can have in any form. It's just being able to training. work in alliance with all your other professionals that are around That's you. it. Because at the end of the day, we are trained holistically. Holistically. We can do, help you with the training. We can kind of aid you with the mobility. We can speak to your mm. personal trainer and go, well, actually, I think there needs to be a little bit more of this and a little yep. bit more of that. And there was one or two occasions where I kind of uh, reached out to Leon and said, these were my findings. Yeah what is going on here and then he'd come back to me and go well actually this is what's going on yeah uh which uh, at, at the time worried me a little bit and right. you sort of you, you speak to the person and you go what's going on here yeah, you try yeah. to mitigate it but one thing kind of leads to another yeah, and yeah. so there's a multitude of factors that come into it yeah but yeah if yeah, the, yeah. the program is followed and people collaborate mm. it can lead to a beautiful thing but a beautiful training session as 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 soon as one of them doesn't want to get involved and actually do those changes, for example, uh -huh. to shoes and making sure that you're wearing the most appropriate shoes for your training, uh -huh. I'm not but mentioning the, any but, names but, at but, all. But that, but that is it perfectly as well. It's it, a lot of times when it comes to injuries as well, and it, this can be absolutely anything. And let's use running as an example. Mm. Just because you've bought a nice swanky pair of running shoes doesn't mean it's correct for your foot. Doesn't mean it's correct for your gait. Doesn't mean it's correct for how you're striking your heel down on the running phase or how you're transitioning through mm. your foot. Mm. If you are, the amount of times I've seen people come in with foot pain, knee pain or hip pain, and they've gone to start running. And you, one main question I ask is, 
have you recently bought some new shoes? Have you recently bought some new running trainers? Are your work shoes changed? Because that's all going to affect your gait, which is another word for somebody's walk, their style yeah. of walking. Um, and that's going to affect how their heel is striking the ground. That's going to affect how the forces transition up through the ankle, up through the knee, up into the hip, and essentially into the low back. It's going to change the way in which the muscles are being used as well. So, you know, same for people who work at a desk all day with a really unergonomic mouse keyboard that kind of stuff as soon as you switch something that's more ergonomic takes pressure off your wrist mm. the benefits are a lot better so yeah you know and there are different shapes to all of the shoes that are pretty much what's going to happen and i'm speaking from experience here yeah. because i did a bit of running um there are specific shoes that are not compatible to everyone oh yeah so if you speak to a coach and they haven't seen you run they haven't seen your gait they haven't seen how your stride is your stride length your yeah. power your weight distribution the way you kind of land everything to do with that they can't recommend a specific shoe yes so for me when i did uh, a marathon i looked for a shoe which um had a very thick heel yeah because i've got essentially the way i jog is i really land with my heel right and then i go with the follow through allowing the mid uh the mid tarsals going yeah. all the way down to the toe off yeah, yeah, yeah and i push through yeah so i've got a really kind of um uh a full stride Textbook, making sure yeah. I, I try to be as textbook. textbook as it yeah, gets yeah, yeah 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 and for me it was important that actually Basic. i'm making sure my heel does not get as much of the impact okay. when it was hitting down yeah of course so support came into play yeah. making sure there was a nice arch support as well so yeah. not just a heel the uh the mid part of the so, arch. So, so making sure you had a shoe that fit around what you needed basically yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Well, that's good yeah. that's really good like because I, I remember i bought a pair of shoes i spent 120 pounds on them <laughs> and i used them four times because there was the arch was a bit too much on one of my feet mm. and it led to me having a lot of um, plantar fascia pain. So yeah. plantar fascia being the tissue that's underneath your foot. Yeah, and the soul. So exactly. And it just became incredibly painful to a point where some days I just wouldn't be able to put weight on it for a few minutes because yeah. it was so tight. And it's almost as if your soul is leaving your body. That's it. Cha You're on fire today. I'm going to put down time. I'm a little bit tired. <laughs> a little bit tired, so I'm not exactly spitting puns left, right, and centre. You're running, you're running away with it today. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about he, that. He came, he came in with the clutch right there. Think about it. Um, yeah. So, again, it, injuries with running is a lot of a lot of times dependent again on your rehab, on the equipment that you choose, uh, the volume of exercise that you're mm, doing. Mm. Mm. as well and so intensity i think as a protocol with a lot of the athletes that i help with running mm. i tell them look you have to focus on whatever event you're doing three months prior yeah and if you are going to do anything prior to those three months because once those three months prior to the event come into play yeah we're going to have a look at your diet we're oh, going to yeah. have a look at everything else so I want to try and give you as much of that freedom as possible to go, well, actually, no, I want you to eat whatever you want. I want you to make sure that you're a little bit comfortable within limit. Yes. Don't kill yourself. Don't go 20 pounds overweight just because you've got three months to lose that. No, no, no. 
Give yourself that freedom to go out to dinners on a weekly basis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But once you're three months prior to competition, yeah. we need to buckle down and work. Get you in some turmeric. Yeah. yeah. And then we Cotton start to look oil. at baseline. Mm-hmm. So, for example, um, I've got a client who did the London Marathon. Yeah. And with them, um, they started off only being able to run... Uh, 12 kilometers. Yeah. Now we've got to work it up to 42. Okay. <laughs> so what we did was we looked at uh, how much was left. So 30 kilometers. Yeah. You've got three months, 10 kilometers a month. Yeah. Bloody hell. Yeah. However, it's even less because you're never going to reach that 442 kilometers by the end of the event. You're only going to stop at about 37. So five kilometers off. Because you're going to be able to do that five yeah. kilometers on the day. Yes, yeah, yeah. Without well, it's, any it's problem. Like, it's like when uh, Eddie Hall lifted yeah. 500 kilograms. He only ever went up to 450. Because he yeah. knew that if he was able to do that, he'd on be able to day. do another 50 kg on the day. Because again, you have the adrenaline running. And that's the difference. That's what I found in my first try, in my first sprint try. Well, I, the first one I did was a sprint triathlon. The second one I did was a triathlon. But in my first sprint triathlon... I had such an adrenaline boost mm. that I actually got PBs in every single distance that I did, which oh, I wow. thought was That's crazy. Good. So yeah, I set. So after doing uh, a 750 meter swim, I did that within 16 minutes. Wow! And then I did, and then I went out the water, did a cycle for 25 kilometers, did that sub an hour, quite 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 far under an hour. I think it was. Yeah. I think it was about 45 minutes. And That's then, impressive. And then after that, I did the 5K run at the end, I think. And I yeah. think I did that sub 21. Wow. Right, my, my all-time 5K record is 19 minutes 27. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But That's on the day, that, was, that was better than I've done before. So yeah, I set yeah, yeah. PBs. Yeah, that's that, very impressive. So I was very happy, very, yeah. very happy with that. But again, that adrenaline dump, because it stops you thinking about the pain in the body mm-hmm. as well. There's and a lot of a mental aspect to it. Yeah, you're seeing a lot of other people running around you and you're going to go, okay, next person, I want to run in front of them. Next person, I want to run in front of them. But, but that's another reason why making sure you get checkups is so important as well. Because if you get niggles, if you get little aches and pains, then your mind will start to go, uh-oh, mm. I'm not going to be able to do this. Yeah. It's going to start putting elements of doubt into your head and you're going to start to worry about those things. Mm. And so it's the mental battle as well. Because if you start running, then you start to feel like an ache or you know, muscles starting to fatigue. You're going to go, no, it's over. But that is also why you want to be very progressive with it. And that's it. That's why you want to build up the training. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, so for example, with um, my athlete, we started off at 12. Yep. Then we looked at actually you need to hit 35. Yep. Which is 23 more kilometers. Yep. In three months. Yep. You're looking at approximately uh, seven yeah, kilometers yeah. every single month. So what you will simply do is Every week, let's say 12, uh, if it was seven, it will be two kilometers every single week. So you do 12. At the end of that week, you'll do 14. And then at the start of the other week, you're going to do 13. And then you're going to do two runs at 13, 13. And then you're going to go to 15. And then you're going to go to 14, 14. Look at Coach Gabs in full flow right now. Yeah. But then once that month ends, you're going to give yourself a little bit of a break. Yeah. And you're going to go back to 12. 12 and then 19 and then so on and so forth 
So what you're having is you're integrating breaks yeah. of relaxation into the training Good. to give yourself that recovery because that's really important. Yeah. But you're always, always progressing and the numbers just start to flow so yeah, nicely. Yeah, yeah. And since it's so close together, because you could easily kind of go, you know what? Um, I'm going to jump from 12 kilometers and do 16. Yeah. That's a huge jump. That's a big jump. However, if you're doing... 12, 12, 14, yep. 13, 13, 15, yep. they all will kind of blend into one. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's such a small increment that your body just goes, this is easy. Yeah, but also it's like important to remember that some days you might have days where you're not as fast as others. Yeah. For a lot of it, it's a mental game. So there'd be days where I go out for a 10K and I might not be, I was like a 30 seconds under or above mm, what I, I was yeah, last time. Yeah. And it's important not to let that get into your head either and go, oh, why am I not as fast today as I was the other day? For me, a lot of time when it comes to training, it's a mental aspect of it. But the other important thing to do with training is to mix it up. So there's, if you're going out running and you're doing 5K, I'll do 8K, then I'll do 10K, then I'll do this, yeah. like as you were doing there. Actually, sometimes maybe it's like, okay, today I'm going to do a bit of fartlek training. Or I'm going to do some interval training Good. because that's going to build up speed. That's going to build up muscle endurance. So like what me and my mate Dan did a couple of times is we go out to a field and we'd start running mm -hmm. every minute. Yeah. Every, so we do about 80% of our normal speed for a minute. And then as soon as a minute came to an end, we do 30 seconds. No. A, yeah. 30 seconds of full sprint. Yeah. Going for it. hundred percent. Nice, nice. And then we go back to a, 80% but it wasn't there was no breaks there was no walking it was then it was just jogging then sprinting yeah. and like at the end of it you wanted to be sick mm. but you'd see your time go up massively if the way I kind of mitigated that so that's another option I think that's fantastic I think if that works for you that's yeah. brilliant uh, if you're someone who's not got access to a track but this wasn't on track oh was this not this a was track? just a field just, oh, just a okay. muddy field oh nice oh my god that, that's not exactly great to run on. It's, no, no, no. So, it, so not a muddy field, but like oh. it was just a field. Okay. okay. Like, like a football field, like yeah. that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. The other way is if you are kind of hitting a little bit of a wall emotionally and mentally in regards to, you know what, I, I had a really bad time. Yeah. What I told him is, okay, for the next two days, you're not going to run. Yes. But within those next two days, you're actually going to do a little bit of a carb load. Yeah. So you're going to increase the amount of carbs by about almost 50 grams. Yeah. Depending on how tall you are and your weight yeah. measurements. la di da di da Increase it by about 50 grams yeah. every single day. And you're going to go off for a run. Same sort of thing. And nine times out of ten, they will come back and go, that was, was a better bad. run. Yeah. It was a better time. Another thing that I normally see in clinic as well, and people go, oh, running's bad for me, is if they've had an injury, yeah. they're recovered. And then they go back to running 10K straight away. Mm. And they've, oh, let's say they've had, so let's say a few weeks or a month off. So their body, again, it's amazing how quickly the body can decondition itself yeah. or get used to muscles being tight, chronically yeah, yeah, strained. Yeah. And then they go back to it and they're like, oh, it came back again. And it was like, at what kilometer did it come back? And it's like, well, I was on the last, I had it the other day. It was like on the last eight to nine. And I, the first eight were good. And I was like, because you're pushing yourself too much too quickly, just build back up slowly, you know, yeah. Yes, you may have a race coming up in the next few months, but you're better off going back into it slowly, giving your body time to heal mm. than, yeah, rushing the process and causing injury and setting yourself back again. 
that's not even in cardiovascular health alone. So yeah. with me, if I'm not training and I stop training for about even a week, yeah. a week, okay? And I'm going to give a very easy example. I love my bench easy press. example. Okay? I yeah. love my bench press. You do love your bench so, press. So whenever I bench, I can maybe hit around 115 on a good day. If I'm off for a Jeez. week, it goes down to about 95. Jeez. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. It's so quick, 20 kilos off of your bench in just a week. It's ridiculous. And it, and it also depends how, yeah, again, we go back to diet, what you've kind of been eating. Yeah, Have you been hydrated? Yeah. What's your sleep been like? Yeah. What's the muscle recovery been like in that time that you've had off as well? It's all going to have an effect on those areas. Yeah. And it's going to have an effect on what you can bench. Like some people will find that they're actually better benching in the evening mm-hmm. after they've had a full day of food, had a full day of eating and stuff like that. And then the next day they come back and you've been in a sort of a caloric surplus. You've got all of that glycogen, which is glucose, sugar in your muscle. Nerd. Uh, <laughs> and you kind of go back and you go, oh, yeah, yeah everything yeah. feels so light. <laughs> That's when you just put a couple of weights on and you just That's go a good for day. It. But then again, like you'll go back one day and you may not be able to lift as much. And it's important that, again, you don't let that come into your brain mentally. Yeah. And you kind of go, okay, that's a very good sign that I think today needs to be a little bit of a rest day. You're yeah. not going to go as heavy. You're going to focus on repetition. You're going to focus on technique and just try and enjoy the workout as much as you can, knowing it's not a day for PEBs. So to sum it up, is running bad for you? It depends. No, no, it, no, it does. No, it running depends. is not bad for you. Running is not bad for you. No, no, and, I, I am and joking. anything <laughs> it isn't bad for you as long as you do the right things for it. Yeah. You sat at desk for hours on end, just get up every half an hour and it will sort a lot of your problems out. If you manage yourself well, everything is fine. So the reason why I said it depends is because obviously it all depends on how you kind of do the running. Of course. If of you course. push yourself and you kill yourself running, yeah. then no, Over, running is not good for you. If you end up overload training, you're mm-hmm. more likely to cause injury. Yeah. And you're more likely to come to your osteopath crying about it. But if you do it correctly, no, running is not bad for you. There's a lot of great health benefits that come mm. out of it. As we said, reducing diabetes, reducing cardiovascular injuries, reducing risk of cancer, actually, in a lot of studies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because obviously you're better at mitigating uh, lactic acid and you're increasing the amount of oxygen flow around the body because your cardiovascular system is so much more efficient. Yes. And with a lot of cancers, they've kind of understood that cell health is a huge component into it. Massively. Um, Cell dehydration, uh, you're looking at anything to do with the mitochondria. Yeah, yeah. Just those little bits and pieces make a huge difference at how your body is able to constantly replicate those cells yep. once those cells break down how efficient is it at making sure it's cr- uh, it's Cell uh, developing yeah. the amount of cells that it requires and not over creating those yep. cells of course because that's what cancer is yeah the overproduction of a specific cell which then becomes cancer so those so those are the fantastic benefits out of it but again as we say if you overload training training correctly you're at more risk of suffering from things like runner's knee it band, mm. uh, iliotibial band syndrome <sighs> George speaks from experience. Plantar fasciitis, um, cartilage um, damage to your knee, things like that. So it's really important that you just check in with your uh, PT, check in with your osteopath, check in with your physio, check in with your chiropractor, and just go through your running routine with them, especially if you know you're picking up your training recently or you haven't done it before or haven't done it for a while. And I'm going to finish off with a little bit of a small point. Even though we have... You know, I, I think a, a relatively a quite wealthy base. bit of knowledge. Yeah. 
we still get injured. We still get, yeah. So, you know, osteopaths are human. Humans. They're prone to injury. Yeah. We actually have a job that is very physical. Yeah. And you, you know, and it is repetitive strain. You know, a lot of osteopaths will suffer with arthritic change or carpal. I've had carpal tunnel in my wrist. Mm -hmm. I've trained and I'm, some people are just more injury prone as well. Yeah. And sadly, I'm one of those people. I look at a sport and I get injured watching it, <laughs> you know. Um, but that's the other thing. Some people are going to be more prone to injury. And again, we're likely to be prone. But at the same time, we've understood what mm. happens and we carry out the correct rehabilitation, rehabilitation to get Which back quicker. Which is episode number four. Exactly. Go back and watch it if you haven't already. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think, I think that's a fair place to leave it for today. Yeah. Running isn't bad for you. Well, everyone, I hope you've started off your new year to a great start. Yep. I hope. Get out there and start running, guys. Exactly. New Year's, <laughs> new, new Year resolutions for everyone. <laughs> and I hope that actually everyone's had a good Christmas. Um, there's a lot of people actually speaking about mental health. Yep. So that's going to be one of the episodes soon. Yeah, Mythbusters coming back again. Yeah, I think it, it, it's very prone that at the end of the year and the start of the new year, everyone kind of goes for a little bit of mental health problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So look, we're going to have a little word about that. Yeah, for sure. And I hope that everyone starts the new year in a nice and positive manner and everyone just enjoy January. Enjoy January. Or Peace Veganuary. Out. Cheers.